Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about how your integrity can improve your bottom line. And joining me today is Anmol Singh. He is a trader and an author of Prepping for Success. So welcome to the show, Anmol. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to chatting with you. I love the concept when I was prepping for this show about how your, what we call integrity or holding yourself to your own beliefs can actually help in all areas of your life, your bottom line, and especially when we're trading in the stock market, because the last thing I think about in the market is integrity. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that, uh, you know, reaction about integrity in finance. Really? Is that <laughs> is that even true? Uh, but I think uh, integrity, the way I define it is keeping your word uh, to yourself, right? So do what you said you're going to do, and then do it when you said you're going to do it. Uh, so integrity is a big role in finance, especially for self-directed individuals uh, like me who have my, our own businesses or entrepreneurs or uh, traders, because we're making decisions every single day in the markets. So if you're not going to follow through on your own word, uh, then everything can fall apart, right? So trading is a very systematic process uh, where we have to eliminate the emotional component, right? So not getting greedy about a stock or getting fearful when it's time to buy. Uh, and, you know, it's more about doing what you said you're going to do and doing what you, when you said you're going to do it. So integrity has a pretty big role, surprisingly enough, in finance. Yeah, and I do want to get to the emotional part of it a little bit later, but I'm really curious in how holding yourself to your own word helps you in all areas of your life. And especially we're talking about money and finance. You know, I know a lot of people who just seem to skate by, so to speak, ethically, and it doesn't seem like karma ever catches up to them. So how do you know that being a person with integrity can help you out? Yeah, definitely. I think firstly, there's a distinction to be made between uh, integrity and uh, morality or ethics, right? So uh, ethics and morality is different than integrity. Integrity is you keeping your word to yourself, uh, you doing what you said you're going to do and completing it when you said you're going to do it. Uh, whereas, And it, it's possible you could be integrous without morality and ethics, right? Because uh, you're keeping your word to yourself, but you, is, is it really moral? Is it really ethical? You know, maybe not. Uh, but morality and ethics, when combined with integrity, is the perfect combination. Like That's the recipe for a successful life. And integrity plays a huge role in all aspects of our life because, you know, how many times have you met somebody who says they're going to do something and they, they don't follow through? It always leaves a bad taste in our mouth, right? Yeah. Maybe you cross paths with somebody, maybe an old friend, you meet them at a mall. They're like, hey, good seeing you. We should totally catch up. And then they make no effort to try to catch up <laughs> or follow up with you, right. right? Or maybe you're driving and somebody calls you like, hey, I'm just in the middle of something. Let me call you back. And then you make no effort to call, call them back. That's all lack of integrity, small little things we might not notice, uh, but they seek into our brain and into our unconscious mind. And it's like a vicious circle. We don't keep our word to ourselves. Then we feel bad about it. We feel guilty about it, lowers our self-esteem, lowers our self-confidence, and it just cycles, just keeps repeating itself. So this, to break that cycle, we start keeping those small little words uh, to ourselves. It could be as easy as, hey, you said you're going to email somebody. Uh, make sure you email them that day, right, rather than waiting for next week or next month. So I think those small little things uh, really improve the quality of our life. I mean, just think about it, how much our life would be different if we did every single thing we said we're going to do and we did it when we said we're going to do it. The whole quality of life would be so much better. 
So now transitioning that, let's say we've been working on it and trying to get much better in following through, like you said, like if I say I'm going to call somebody back or promise my kid I'll be at their play on time, not walk in while it's after it's already started. How do we then transition that to our financial life? With financial life, it's very crucial. You know, it could be for a household, it could be about budgeting right? It could be about investing. If you decided, hey, you know what? I should be investing in the stock market. And if I put my money in the stock market, let's say even four or five years ago, you would have more than doubled your money, right? So everybody knows that, but how many people actually invest it, right? Not many, not many people actually invest in the market. So to think about, yeah, I should be investing. I mean, should is not really going to get it done, right? So you put a timeline on it. When am I going to start investing? And it could be, and a lot of people say, well, I'm not in a position right now to invest. Well, you could invest 10% of whatever you're earning, right? So there, it could be anything. It could be $10. Just start somewhere. Keep your word to yourself. And again, the best time to invest was yesterday. The second best time is today. Uh, the stock market has always been higher than where it was 10 years ago. Always, every single time. So if you have the timeline and the horizon of just holding on, that's the best way to uh, you know increase the value of your income. So that's one way you could do it is by keeping your word to yourself, investing it in automatic schedule. So when your paycheck comes in, your salary comes in, or your you know your business revenue comes in, take a percentage of that and don't even look at it. Automatically just invest it, right? Getting into those habits of doing that. So that's integrity, keeping word as it relates to your finances. Uh, and the second thing is to, you know, in, when it comes to spending. So if you have a budget or if you have at least an idea of what you're going to spend on your household, on your rent, on your family, or your kids, or your wife, your husband, right, your partner, uh, having allocating those budgets and then doing accordingly and not saying, you know what, today I'm going to go out with my friends and we're going to go out on this trip and I'm going to forget the family, right? <laughs> There's no integrity there. So I think uh, budgeting accordingly, spending accordingly, those little tweaks, it's a, uh, about, a lot of financial success is not about making those big leaps. It's right. about the small little tweaks you can make here and there that improve the quality of your life and you're better prepared for the future. And I would add to that, if you are new to creating a budget or allocating your, your finances, I love that word allocating more than a budget. But as you're working through it and you start allocating, you say, okay, I, I believe I spend... $400 a month on food for the family. Maybe you're off a little bit on that. So you have to make slight adjustments. But after three months or so, you should be pretty well zeroed in on exactly what it is you're spending. For me, the biggest thing I had to keep to my word was that I wasn't going to steal from Peter to pay Paul. If I messed up on one of those categories after a few months had gone by, I didn't just go, well, I'll just take the money from this other place that I allocated money from to pay for what I made a mistake on, because then I'm going to be short in that other category that I'm taking the money from. So you have to be really true to yourself in that word. If you say like, this is what I'm allocating and don't start shifting around after you've figured out what your actual budget is going to be. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And a lot of people actually do that, right? They'll t Let's say if they overspend on one area of their life, they're going to be like, well, this month, I'm not going to invest. I'll, you know, I'll use that portion towards, you know, expenditure here. And the next month, I'll start investing again. That's not keeping your word, 
right? So the money should automatically just go out into an investment account. And then what's left is what you use to allocate accordingly rather than stealing from this area, not investing. Because you, if you steal from your investments, you're stealing from your future, your children's future. So what you want to do is not do that, number one. And then secondly, if you're somebody on your path to building a business, a lot of people want to build their business, right? COVID especially open everybody's eyes that, you know, you can't take anything for granted. Maybe we should start opening up our own business. And a lot of people have the idea and they're like, well, I don't have the time to open up my business. Right. And then comes COVID. You have all the time in the world and people <laughs> still don't do it. Right. Still right. don't do it. They didn't keep the word to themselves. That's uh, another thing that is going to impact your financial future is not keeping your word to yourself. Now, if you wanted to start a business, well, then put some steps accordingly. Right. OK, first thing I need to register the company. Second thing, I need to have an idea how we're going to market the product, how I'm going to market my services, right? So keeping that integrity and then doing the next steps. Okay, I need to talk to X person today to move the needle forward in my business. I need to reach out to this person. Doing those uh, steps, keeping the word to yourself, eventually, a year later, you have that business that you wanted to set up. But if you never keep your word to yourself, you never make that call, you never answer that email, you never take that step to finding your business plan, then that's going to impact your financial future in the long run. I'm zeroing in on the not starting a business during COVID when we all had a lot of time. Do you think some of that or a lot of that is because people have a fear of starting something? I think fear is definitely there. But I think more than that, it's a lack of discipline and it's a lack of believing their own word. So like, you know, a lot of times fleetingly, we say things that we don't really mean, you know, as I talked about earlier, hey, let me call you back and you don't. And right, hey, you should totally catch up with you. We should totally make some plans to get together. And you don't follow up. Those small little things impact us that we stop believing our own word. Our word doesn't mean anything, right? So we say we want to start a business. It doesn't mean anything. We're not serious, right? So that's one of those things. You're paying attention to every word that comes out of your mouth and make sure it's backed by action. Make sure it has a deadline associated with it. And uh, as you talked about, as we were talking about earlier in regards to allocating your finances, it's the same thing applies to our time. We have to allocate our time. So in COVID, everybody had the time. They just didn't allocate it, right? They were binge watching Netflix. They were on TikTok all day long. They didn't allocate their time accordingly rather than taking up your calendar and putting up time slots. On two to three, I'm going to work on my marketing strategy. Three to four, I'm going to work on my product, right? I'm going to work accordingly. So then if you stick to your calendar, you follow your word, then at the end of the day, you had a really good day and you made progress towards that goal. But if you don't allocate it, and you don't you know, schedule it down into your calendar, it's not going to happen. So I think uh, more than fear, it's a lack of uh, discipline. Uh, because in, you know, when we grow up, in, uh, our, growing up, our parents are telling us what to do. Uh, then we go to school, our teachers are telling us what to do. Then we go to college, our professors are telling us what to do. Then we go to get a job, our boss is telling us what to do. But now when you're trying to work for yourself, nobody's going to tell you what to do. As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, nobody's coming to tell you what to do. So you have to tell yourself what to do, and that comes through self-discipline and through accountability and through integrity. Okay. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll still be speaking with Anmol Singh. He is a trader and author of Prepping for Success. And when we come back, let's talk about reining in those emotions when the stock market goes up and down. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show. If it affects your life in any way, money-wise, we're talking about it. Today, we're talking about how having integrity or keeping your word to yourself can improve your bottom line. And I am joined by my guest, Anmol Singh. He is the author of Prepping for Success, and you're also a trader, which we're going to go into on this segment, is how to trade 
effectively in the stock market. And I know that one of the biggest ways to do this is to not get caught up in the ups and downs of the market and get all overly excited one way or the other. Yeah, I think when it comes to trading, investing, there's two different uh do different kind of styles. So trading is where we're doing it actively. We're getting in and out of stocks. We're trying to time the market, right? It's a bit harder. It's a bit uh, more of a skill. And uh, for most people, I don't recommend trading. Uh, for most people, I recommend investing. Investing is where you're buying some good companies, good stocks, or investing in the market as a whole, and just letting your money compound over the years without you needing to do anything or needing to time the market. That's the right approach for 99% of the people out there. Uh, trading is something that we do every single day. It's a profession. It's a skill, just like any other skill. It requires a learning curve, uh, and there's time that needs to go into it. So for most people, I don't recommend it because uh, for trading, you need to be really emotionally strong and almost unemotional, kind of like robotic indifference. Uh, because if you're somebody emotions control you, then trading is not the right business for you. And you, the opposite side, if you're somebody who's emotionally stable, it's a perfect business for you. I was just going to say for our listeners, they don't see that in the background, I have a cutout of Mr. Spock from Star Trek behind me. And he is the perfect example of the way you should be trading emotionally because Vulcans, as Mr. Spock is, doesn't have his emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, if your emotions are controlling you, you're going to make investment decisions based on emotion as opposed to actual data. Right. And a lot of people do that. I mean, look at how many times you've heard everybody is the market going to crash. Market's looking tough. I sold my stocks. You know, I sold the market 2008, 2000, all these years, even COVID when the markets had dropped. A lot of people got scared. They sold their stocks. And now look at it. They're higher than where they were yeah. all the time. Right. Yeah. No matter all the crashes in the world that have happened, all the economics, uncertainty, elections, COVID, uh, markets are still higher than where they were always. So if you just keep your money in the market and not get emotional, that, that's the right way to do it. And that's why I suggest, not recommend because I'm not an investment advisor, but what I would suggest is to automatically every month, percentage of your income should be invested into the stock market. And that's how you beat inflation. Because if inflation's at 6 or 7% and you keep your money in the bank that's even giving you 3 or 4%, you're losing money. You're losing 3 to 4% every single year. So by putting in the stock market, it gets you roughly 10 to 12% every single year. So your money's actually working for you. And again, in 10 years, you're more than tripled your money. So I think uh, that's one way to look at it. And you don't have to work for that, right? You don't have to work for that money. It's working for you. So for most people, investment's the right way to go about it. Trading is great uh, as long as you're somebody who can actually give time to it. I didn't make my, any money my first year when I was learning how to trade. Really? I lost money because I was figuring out how things work and my emotions were controlling me. Or if I buy a stock and it's going down and I keep holding on, maybe it'll come back up. We can't do that in trading, right? It has to be very systematic. So not until year two or year three is when I turned the corner and when I actually started making uh, money from trading. And now I'm on my 14th year, so it's a completely different ballgame. But uh, I want to set realistic expectations for people looking to get into it. Yes, and that is really good to know because most of the time, people who are trying to recruit others into training, they may get a kickback if they get people on board or they are doing so well, they've forgotten about the lean times. So let me ask you, when you first started, did you have another job to supplement all this money you were losing trying to learn how to trade? Yeah, so the great benefit that I had is I started really early on. I started when I was 18 years old. I was in college, in my dorm room. So there wasn't any expenses to really, you know, pay bills. I didn't have any fam you know, family to take care of. 
I was a single guy in my dorm room. You know, my parents were paying for that. So I, everything was good. I didn't have to worry about it. So that gave me a good time to just focus on building my skill set, even when I was not making money because I was in college. You know, you don't need a lot of money. Um, so I think uh, that's one benefit that I had. Uh, but not everybody else has that. Right? Some people starting out might be 20s, 30s. They have kids, they have family. So you, for you, it's going to be different. So I always suggest people to have at least a year worth or more of expenses saved up when you come into trading. Because what you don't want to do is you know, try to make money instantly from trading rather than building that skill set. Because again, you have to pay your bills. So if you have to make decisions based on, I got to pay my bills from the scarcity mindset, you're going to make the wrong trading decisions and you're going to trade emotionally, which is what we don't want. So I always advise people to either have some money saved up already or have some sort of income coming in from somewhere as you get into trading. And how would you advise people who are in it for the long term? Like you say, like you recommend most people do it for investing purposes. I have a family member who... He's in it for the long haul. He's like investing. He knows this is for his retirement. They'll take out. But oh my gosh, he watches the market every day and freaks out when it falls. And he's like, I've just lost all this money. And I'm like, did you cash out anything today? No, but but my my account just dropped. And I'm like, if you haven't cashed it out, you haven't lost any money. But the reverse mm-hmm. is true. If the market is going skyrocketing like it is right now, we just went over 37,000 on the Dow. You actually haven't made all that money if you didn't cash out the same day that it made the money. How do you help people who are just freaking out one way or the other about the market, even though they're not cashing out? Yeah. So first you determine, are you a trader or are you an investor? If you're a trader, sure, you can look at the markets and, you know, try to time it. Uh, But then what are you timing it on? Do you have that skill set? Do you know how to time it? Right. That's the number one question. Now, if you say, okay, I don't know how to time it. Well, then you're not a trader. If you're not a trader, you're an investor, then invest. Investing is when you invest in something, invest in the economy, invest in the country, right? And you're looking to build that future, take an account and to slowly grow it. You're not trying to get rich quick. You're not trying to protect it. Markets go up and down. That's what the markets do. Markets go either. There's only three things market can do. It can either go up, go down or sideways, right? Now, if you're investing, you have no business looking at the market every single day. <laughs> I mean, look at hedge funds. They report their returns annually. Look at uh, companies. They report their earnings quarterly. So the big companies look at their results annually and quarterly. Why are you looking at it daily, right? So that's one of the things to look at is to just invest in the long haul. And just remember this one thing. Markets have always been higher than when they were 10 years ago, every single time. We've we've gone through the dot-com crash, the 2008 financial crisis. We go into all sorts of things, the debt ceiling, you know, uh, Greece crisis, the wars, Russia war, Ukraine war, Israel war, COVID decline. Markets are still higher than where they were. So if you were one of those few people, because markets love to shake people out, right? Because that's how hedge funds get their shares that they need to buy, is they need to shake some people out. And if you're a weak hand is what we call them in trading. If you're a weak hand and you get shaken out, well, for every seller, there's a buyer, right? You're not just magically selling it somewhere. When you sell a stock, somebody's on the other end buying it, right? So think about that. When you are being forced to sell, you're being scared. Who's buying it? Why are they buying it? Right. So you got to think about it in that regard and just realize you're an investor. Don't try to trade it unless you have the skill set back behind it, unless you've gone through trainings, unless you've learned how to do this over the course of the years. Don't try to time it. You're better off just investing in the markets. Any other tips for our listeners about how your integrity can help your improve your bottom line and invest? 
I think I would just challenge the listeners to, you know, think of a task that you've been wanting to do or you've been meaning to do or meaning to start perhaps, and you haven't yet. You keep saying you're going to do it. You don't do it. Maybe it's the workout. Maybe it's the diet. Maybe whatever it is, right? Whatever you've been meaning to start that you haven't done it, uh, it's not going to happen until we actually start doing it, unless we actually start taking action. So if the, if this thing that you want to do, you really believe in and you think it's going to improve the quality of your life, then let's start acting today. Let's be a person of integrity. Let's believe in our word. Let's do what we said we're going to do and do it when we said we're going to do it. So it all starts with pulling out your calendar and picking a date, picking a time, right? So not just picking a date. Oh, I'm going to do it in July. No, what date in July? Okay, I'm going to do it in 23rd of July. Okay, 23rd July, what time? By 2 p.m., <laughs> right? So let's start really getting down to it and let's start mapping out our future. What do you want your life to look like? Let's map it all out. And uh, you'll thank yourself six months, a year down the line that you've actually made progress. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to move on from one book to another book, you know, one YouTube video to another YouTube video. You're going to listen to all these great ideas, but you're not going to act on it. And that's not going to improve the quality of your life. So take it from me. I used to be the biggest procrastinator out there. So I'm telling you right now, to improve your quality of your life, you got to start right now. Well, thank you so much. Anmal Singh, you are a trader and author. You have penned the book Prepping for Success. Where can people find that book? So Prepping for Success is available on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, uh, and the audio version that just came out on Audible and iTunes as well. I've always hoped that I am true to my word, but as we're talking, I can think of a few little areas where I may need to be more consistent. And so you have actually inspired me to be more proactive in being true to my word. And thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. And again, we all have areas, you know, me too. So we just got to keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.